right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday right here on Ball Don't Lie. Uh, having a good time on the Just show. Just B-52s? No. Who is this? This is the Escape Club. What? A uh, one-hit wonder? Yeah. Pretty oh, much. for sure. I was going to say, I've never heard of that band before. It's got to be a one-hit wonder, yeah. though. It's, uh, but yeah, this is their big hit, Wild Wild West. Okay. Oh, I definitely know the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, No doubt. Wild Wild West. Uh-huh. Okay, who, who did you say? B-52s? B-52s. Who is that? That's, that's Love Shack. That's Love Shack. And Rock that's Lobster. They had a couple. Oh, Rock Lobster. I yeah. know that one. Yeah. Which is a terrible song. But I don't uh, know why white people love that song. It makes no sense at all. Hey, man. It's only a white thing. They it's turn it be. up, dog. For Rock Lobster? <laughs> Come on. Gotta get rid of that song. It's a terrible song. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get to. Oh, you know what? Before we get to some uh, Texas Longhorn discussion here, um, we were just uh, talking in the break, Harge and I. Uh, by my man E. Reigns. Apparently, mm-hmm. E. Reigns been hanging out with uh, with television royalty. Television royalty, man. Taylor Sheridan, the originator the yeah. of uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone and uh, another other story. Like eighteen was it? Eighteen eighty three. Yep. Uh, what's the other one? Mayor Kingstown Mayor is Kingstown. actually he's that's a the one I on really want to see. Mayor Kingstown is actually pretty good. I watched Yellowstone yeah. too. I actually watched it last night. Two. I haven't seen it? the two hour. I haven't seen the episode two, yet. Two and a half hours. Man, we you know my, I got kids. You got kids. So the kids don't like Yellowstone. No, nah, we're busy. Oh, it's inappropriate. Because it, it is two hours. <laughs> it is two hours. A lot. Yeah, it actually was. Yeah, it's a little long. Actually, yeah, it was two I mean, hours because it was a premiere. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad though. Yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty good. I can't wait to watch it though. Yeah, I'm a Yellowstone fan. Actually, I become more of a Yellowstone fan because my wife went to University of Montana. They oh. filmed most of it, most of the show in Missoula and in Bozeman. Yep. And Bozeman is where I think Montana State is. Missoula is where the University of Montana. Think of Bozeman as Lubbock and think of Missoula as Austin. That's okay. basically kind of what it is. But they film most of the shows in basically it's Helena, the capital, Missoula, and Bozeman. And when I went up there for a, uh, her brother's wedding, my brother-in-law's wedding, um, he uh, they had the castle. They were filming. Yep. So I saw the entire cast up there when I went oh, up there. Oh, nice. They, they were filming up there, and they were staying in the same hotel that we were staying in, too, because it's freaking Montana. Ain't a lot of hotels. I got you. And we were in a nice hotel, and they were staying in the same hotel, and they were really cool. They were really nice. But, uh, yeah, you kind of get a more appreciation for it, because now when I see some of the scenes, I go, hey, I remember that. Yeah, you know that I know area. that bar. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I've been in that little dive bar. It's yeah. Cool. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so he was at the Texas Country Music Awards and ended up in the Yellowstone premiere party. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hobnobbing. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, got I'm pictures with him. Yeah, he's got. If you go to his Facebook page, you'll see a lot of pictures with him and a lot of the cast. Uh, yeah, someone says there's also a new spinoff coming uh, called 1923 with Harrison Ford in it. Ooh. Uh, yeah, because the the 1883 was basically how the family got to the Pacific Northwest yep. and got there to Montana. And then I believe that 1923 would be like the bootlegging version of it during the Prohibition. Right. And like how they, you know, what they did during that time. So, I don't know. I kind of like it. I'm a big Yellowstone fan, too. So, anyway, go check it out. Random conversation. All right. <laughs> let's get back to the conversation that matters, and that's about Texas football. Let's go behind the burnt orange curtain a little bit here. Please hit us up on the Specs text line. We love that uh, your participation. You're the heartbeat of this thing. 512-337-377. You guys have been great today, by the way. You guys oh, have been, been outstanding. Money. Been yeah, money they've been outstanding. Today. In rare form, I think, is the best way to say it. <laughs> I think it. they just fed out for us being in rare form that today, too. That is true. Too. We, uh, 
yeah. Uh, but I'm, a, you know what? I'm gonna blame Coach Steven. Yeah. All right, blame it on Coach Steven and Coach Sark, uh, the, the alter ego of Coach Steven there. Yeah. Uh, but let's get right to it. This is the this is big news, and we're gonna hear from Steve Sarkeesian talking about the uh, the Kansas game, talking about this week of practice, but also talking about the Kansas game uh, and that Kansas offense coming up because it is and and the revenge factor, by the way, for the Longhorns mm-hmm. uh, because of losing to the Kansas Jayhawks. You don't ever forget that. I mean, that that is that is imprinted, that is tattooed on your soul. <laughs> you right. lose the Kansas, mm-hmm. you never ever forget that. Uh, so the Longhorns definitely thinking about that coming up. But here is the, I guess it's, I think it's bad news for the Longhorns. Jalen Daniels, Harge, he yeah. looks like he's gonna play. I, I remember I told you last week. I said it looks like he may mm-hmm. be ready. Yeah, man. For you the did. Texas no, game, no, you said when he got hurt. You was like, he's not. It's not done for the season. And yep. You were like, he's gonna come back for that Texas game. He's definitely <laughs> coming back for the. I Texas remember when he got game. hurt. You were like, he he's not out for the season. <laughs> but I guarantee you he's coming back for that Texas game. And I think Harge might have been on the money because Lance Leopold said yesterday, uh, "quote He's close. He's taking more and more reps. He went today. He's at the point where he could play it at a level that's going to allow him to play freely." Um, and he also said he'd be one hundred percent if he went. Um, pretty close to a daily conversation on what to do and how he's doing. Um, so, so he said he won't be 100%. Right, he said right. he won't be 100%, but he's pretty close, he said. Um, so yeah, there you go. So he's but not 100%, as well but he's as pretty close. And Jeff House said earlier he's got his own connections, and Jeff House said he's playing. For sure. Jeff House said his connections say he's playing. For sure. Yeah, you, don't, you know, it's like I'm not going to give you all all of the, of the tea, yeah. but I'm going to let you know that he out there working out. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you better prepare. Remember, okay. you better prepare be for both quarterbacks. Pretty much. Waste your time. Yep. Because I just saw what you did defensively against TCU. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have to prepare for two different quarterbacks. But the one thing you need to prepare for is our running back because he is nasty behind the, behind the line of scrimmage. The running back, Neil, can go and get it. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked a lot about him. We're going to get into him as the week goes on because, you know, we talked about a ton uh, last week about uh, the running game for the TCU Horn Frogs, Kendra Miller being one of the best running backs in the country. And it turns out he did outperform Bijan Robinson mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, we talked the week before that, Purple Kryptonite, talking about Deuce Vaughn and how he was, you know, best, uh, second best running back in the conference, maybe top three, top five best running back in the country. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about this young man, Harge. And I got to tell you, uh, they they should be yeah he he they they should definitely be talking he about should, David you dude. look at his numbers and you're Ooh. like wait a minute ain't nobody talking about this nobody's dude? talking about this dude because he's at Kansas pretty much that's why yeah if uh, he'd have been anywhere else he would have got some love just like Miller Miller's on the number four we'll find out here in a little bit what the uh, the, the college, the college playoff, football playoff Canadian, rankings yeah. is going to be talking about but he is a baller. He's a baller, man. And and you continue to look at what Miller did for against the University of Texas, the numbers that he put up. Neil is the same type of back that yeah, nobody's talking about. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I I've watched Kansas this year. First of all, the <laughs> offense. I've been telling you guys about this offense all year. For a while. It's a freaky yep. offense, yep. man. And to Harge's point about uh Neil and what he's done. And you go just look at like his his games. He's actually heated up lately here. Mm-hmm. Lately, he's playing like he's. I think the last two games, um, he's averaging. Well, I'll just give you his average. I'll just give you the numbers: twenty four attempts, one hundred ninety yards versus Tech. Yep. They lost that game, but he did his part, averaging over seven, almost eight yards per carry. Versus Oklahoma State, thirty two attempts, mm-hmm. workhorse stuff, two hundred twenty four yards, seven 
yards per attempt. <laughs> hey, and and before that, I don't know if he was dealing with an injury or what, but he only had ten rushes versus Baylor. Um, he had twelve versus Oklahoma, but had over over seven yards per rush, or averaged over seven yards per rush versus TC TCU. Did have fifteen rushes uh, and averaged damn near six yards per carry on the season. He's averaging nearly seven yards per rush, six point seven. Mm. Holla. Oh no, he can. Oh, he can go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't be sleeping. You got to be prepared. Yeah, man, no doubt. You can't get caught slipping in this game. And somebody texted us a little while ago, and they asked about, you know, most coaches can't survive losing to Kansas once. Can Sark survive losing to him twice? No, 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 no. If he loses to Kansas again, that's what I'm saying. Like it'll be the beginning of the end. The 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 boosters and the donors will start having the difficult conversation about. Who's the next head coach at Texas if he loses to Kansas again? And guarantee that, you. And that is why I've been so frustrated with the preparation. Not the preparation because, again, he thought he had a great game plan. He thought he put everything in the right place exactly. and all this stuff. And last year was one of those games where it was just like, okay, everything was happening. Mm-hmm. My man got an Applebee's. Uh, got an Applebee's <laughs> NIL and deal, before baby. the NIL was illegal. Right. He was endorsed by <laughs> Applebee's. So now you sit, and we've seen the last few times, regardless if it was Coach Beatty, mm-hmm. uh, the coach prior to Coach Beatty, I mean after Coach Beatty, and now Lipo. Nancy oh, wait, man. it was Les Miles. You're right. In between all of that, Forgot about every Miles. time that you played against Kansas, you had problems. Going back to VY. Oh, no, Tom Herman actually never covered right. the spread against Kansas. Right. He never did. Like Kansas always gave him trouble. And, of course, with Sark, they've been an issue. But it's because Lance Leapold's a damn good coach. He's a damn good um, coach. All right, let's hear from Coach Steven about uh, their upcoming opponent this <laughs> week, the Kansas Jayhawks. Here is uh, Coach Steven on his weekly press conference. I heard it live right here on uh, 104.9 The Horn. You hear it Mondays right here. Uh, he was talking about their upcoming opponent, the Kansas Jayhawks. You know, fortunately for us, uh, we get to play again Saturday um, in a very meaningful game because a very good opponent. Kansas has got a nice football team. Coach Leipold has done a really nice job uh, with that program. Uh, they're running the ball extremely well, uh, explosive, uh, very opportunistic defensively. So um, got back to work today, proud of the guys' mentality of coming in to get back to work. Uh, they continue wanting to try to improve and develop and get better, uh, which is the mindset. And then ultimately, you know, an opportunity for us offensively to redeem ourselves, which is, uh, which is obviously what uh, we'd like to do is to play better. So on that, we'll open it up. Uh, he's right. I mean, that's the only way he's going to get his nickname back yeah. is to actually perform yep. uh, at a high level offensively, and we will stop calling him Coach Steven. Until then, he's Coach Steven yep. uh, and not Coach Sark. Uh, but uh, he, he points out <laughs> something that I think w- we do need to discuss because TCU wasn't considered a defensive juggernaut before they played Texas. Right. I, I bet if I talked to a TCU fan and asked them about the game so far this year, that that probably would stand out as the best defensive performance they probably had this year. Like I said, I yep. haven't I haven't followed every game, but just on the top of my head, that was a dominant defensive performance and against a really good offensive team with the best running back in the country, arguably one of the best receivers in the conference. I know I got to stop saying that the X Man is the best receiver in the conference. People don't like it, and I'll admit he has not been performing like that. And I'm a little upset with him and Brendan Marion, by the way, because I'm a Brendan Marion guy, and I'll admit wide receivers. Yep. They ain't getting better. They're not. One one guy is getting better. Jay Witt's getting better. The rest of them, I'll admit, Casey Kane, regression. 
I'll admit, Xavier Worthy, regression. <laughs> and then you're not putting some other guys in there get, yeah. to give them the opportunity. So. We saw Brennan Thompson get a pass, get a first down, and then never, never see, see the, the field, field again. again. Yeah, I'm with this. I, I saw Savion Red go in motion, didn't throw him the ball. Yep. No, I I'm mean, there's so many things that we've been looking at, and I, I'm curious to this fact, to this question. If, and I want to ask this to the masses, who does he go to to ask questions? We talked about this before. What are you guys seeing? I've never seen them on the sideline talking to each other. I've never seen Brendan Marion talking to Sark about a play. I've, and maybe it's just because I don't have the cam, camera angle on some of it. Yeah. I've never seen the camera's not on them all the time. Kyle Flood go talk to him and say, hey, guy. We need to look at this. I'm sure right it here. happens, though. I, I would hope. I'm sure it happens. We just obviously what we happens see at halftime. Those are the things that I'm yeah. looking at because when we come out in the adjustments, we talked about this numerous times. When your script runs out, do you let somebody else have input? No, they don't. It's his offense, man. It's him. It's not. No, they don't have offense because we don't want. When that. you struggle like that, though, I, I but agree, when you but struggle like that, it, you need help. No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's 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 his offense. It's his show. Yes. He, he is a play caller. He does have a coordinator that helps him, but he, he calls it. And it's his offense. He calls it. I mean, it's just that's that simple. Yep. Um, the adjustments he makes are going to be his. I'm sure there's input going on, but it's not like Tom Herman where Tom Herman even admitted it's a collaborative effort. He would admit it multiple times. Like, it's a collaborative effort. We, yep. we didn't even know who was calling the plays by the end of Tom Herman's tenure. We didn't know if it was Tom Correct. Herman or somebody else. We had no idea. Sark, yeah, he wasn't letting us he know. He wasn't letting us Sark calls the plays. It is Sark's offense. Literally, he designed every bit of it. All right, from stem to stern, it's his offense. He calls the plays, and I believe it is a collaborative effort for the coordination of it. But on game day, it's him. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I haven't seen that either. I'm sure it happens. So I'm sure he takes, you know, different. Um, uh, he probably takes different sage advice or words of advice and um, some suggestions from his staff. But for the most part, it, it, he's a dictator when it comes to his office, and not in a bad way. Yeah. That's what that's what they hired him for. Yeah, yeah, they didn't hire him to be a collaborative guy. They, yeah. hired, they hired him to bring his offense with him. That True. offense. True. Right? Okay. Um, so he's got to be the one that's, that evolves. Yeah, because uh, I've been sitting here thinking about that and thinking about that and thinking about that, and I'm like, you got to get help sometimes because even the smartest person has to get help because you got to get your work checked every once in a while. Yeah, but you're saying you want it on game day instead of happening throughout the week. I want it week. all. I think it happens throughout the week, but you're saying you want it, I want more it on, on game, game day. Yes. That more of collaborative effort if it's not already happening. Because, I can see that. Because, I know it happens during the week, though. It happens, yeah, because we have to be able to check through certain things because, again, this goes back to the question of what Gary Patterson was brought here for. I thought he was here to show warts, to find the warts on everything. He not the no, defense, no, no. not the, just the defense. He was not. He was not. We know that now. Sark, Sark hints at that, but we know that he's not using GP as a true special assistant. He's using GP to help the defense. Yeah. That's period. And I, I, I need, That's it. I he need, is not, he's not reverse engineer his I game plans that. and help him come <laughs> up with counters. That doesn't happen. He just, he's just there for the defense. And defense yeah. looks like it has benefited tremendously. Yeah. From GP's it has. Uh, presence there. But for Sark to use him as also someone who he can, you know, troubleshoot ideas with and someone to help him anticipate the adjustments of opponents better so that he could better come up with creative counters. I don't believe that's happening. If it is happening, well, then it's not working. Yeah. I don't think it's happening, though. I think if it was happening, I think it would work. 
That's that's been my biggest concern. No, I don't think it's that's been my biggest concern. Yeah. So remember, I guess we're on the same. And remember, GP is limited in what he can do on game day. Correct. He can only talk to like the coaches, I believe, and right and coach and. Talk I didn't to see them. him. I didn't see him wearing a headset at all. So he yeah. can't do that. He doesn't, he, do or that. he just doesn't want to. That's a good point, though. I mean, maybe yeah. Sark should start relying on more of a collaborative process during the game to see what everybody's seeing. Right, at least to know whatever, and I, maybe he does already. He's got AJ Milwe in the booth, that kind of thing. But I'm with you. I don't know. I would. None of us really yeah. know that process. I know it happens during the week, and if he's not allowing a collaborative coordination during the week, that's just mal. That's just malpractice right. as right. a coach. Uh, but you do. You want. You are not always gonna. Ha- you're not always gonna be the smartest man in the room. So every coach knows I need my other coaches because they're gonna right. see the world very differently than I do, and I need their input. Because they're that that one idea that this coach has, a one concept that this coach has, it 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 could help spark something, a whole conversation for all of us, right? Remember uh, the story about Justin Fields that the coaches yep. were watching film, all right, preparing for uh, the Patriots, and the Bears watched the the Ravens, and they were like, "Damn, the Ravens' offense is pretty good." And one coach basically threw out there, "Why don't we just?" Put Justin Fields in the same position as they put Lamar Jackson. Exactly. See if it works for us. Bears been one of the hottest teams in the NFL offensively since. Right. Some They've coach, been getting it in. Yeah, because it was a, it's a collaborative effort. So yep. I'm with you. Um, I don't accept. Don't know how much it is. Uh, I I know it is during the week, but on game day, that is a bit of a concern. Uh, okay, a uh, couple of quick here uh, uh, cuts from Sark. Here is um. We have Sark talking about the uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, and here I think he gets into the offense a little bit too, which that is my biggest concern is that Kansas Jayhawks offense because it is one of the freakiest offenses in the country. Here's Sark. I think Lance has done a great job. Um, you know, they've um, obviously came out early in the year and really jumped on people. Uh, very unique style of offense. A lot of triple option you know, components to what they do. Uh, which everyone talks about playing, you know, the armies, the navies, the air forces of the world and how difficult they are to defend. Well, Kansas has a lot of those same elements. They just do it from a, a little bit more of a, a spread type set with the with the quarterback and the pistol and things of that nature. But there's still those elements. They still force you to play disciplined football. Um, you know, you got to play the dive. You got to play the quarterback. You got to play the pitch. And then they have the play action passes off of it. Got a dynamic runner. Neil's a fantastic player. Um, and then defensively, like I said, they're very active up front. You know, they create sacks, they create turnovers. Um, so uh, a lot of credit to them for the job they've done, and they've kind of withstood the storm of losing their starting quarterback. The backups come in and it's kind of found his way a little bit too. So a uh, great challenge for us. Uh, and he's right about that offense, Harge. You've watched it, I've watched it. It essentially is a – I call it a multiple option offense because it's more than three options. Yeah. You, you, people hearken back to the triple option, but it's more than three options in that offense. It's got to be. Yeah, and you'll see. <laughs> it's exactly, because be. they, they, they run the triple option kind of run scheme with it. Uh, they combine that with a very sophisticated passing game, tons of RPOs and package plays. Uh, you'll see it's one of the more unique, obtuse offenses really in the country. So if you're in Texas, almost preparing for one of those academies in right, a sense. right. Right, it's all about eye discipline. Um, it's all about gap discipline. And for Texas, they'll be going up against a quarterback, especially if it's Jalen Daniels, that can move. And he's comfortable in that scheme. Hard. He's very, very comfortable in that scheme. Unlike, unlike Coach Steven and his quarterback, Coin Ewers, uh, this system is extremely compatible with its quarterback and it's mm-hmm. very quarterback friendly. He's very comfortable in the system. 
You'll see. Yeah. He looks like it's second nature to him the way he manipulates that system. Right. Yeah. And and the thing about him that I like is he's he's versatile in that system. He is. He can yeah. do pretty much anything he wants in there, whether Agreed. it's rolling out, whether it's dropping back, mm-hmm. whether it's the run game. Play action pass, the play RPOs, action. Yeah, yep. he's talented. Yep. And we were the first team to really see him last year. You're right. That's the first. They broke That's it out against Texas almost. That's the first game he almost. started. Yeah, they broke it out against Texas. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> that's why I'm really worried about this situation. Uh, I would be. The only reason I'm really worried, listen, because it could end up being a shootout and unfor- even after yep. Texas' is abysmal offensive performance versus TCU, I I still trust Coach Steven to be able to have a great offensive output versus Kansas, even on the road, because Kansas, Kansas defense is not a juggernaut. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size, Beyonce size, but is neither was TCU. They right. were not a juggernaut before they came in versus Texas, um, and they just followed the blueprint and the game plan, which is stuff the box, stack the box, and stop the run at all costs versus Texas on rundowns, double uh, Xavier Worthy on passing downs, and then get after Quinn Ewers and force him to beat you because yeah. he can't right now. He, well, that's not that's the is. game plan. Well, because when you start looking at it, he's had opportunities to run, and that, to me, was the reason why I said sometimes you got to take him out because it will create a different look for the defense. Take him out of the game because if Hudson Carr gets in, he's running. He's going to be able to oh, get yeah. yards with his he'll, legs. He'll take that easy, he that easy take, 10 yards. Yes. Take it. You can give it to me? I'll take it. He will take it, and, take it. and keep yeah. the drive going. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I was looking for was a spark, something to get things going. We've seen it happen because I feel you need to play to win the game. <laughs> you play to win the game. That's it. I ain't worried about feelings. I'm not worried about none of that stuff. What mm-hmm. I'm worried about is dubs and ales. And if I can get us a dub, that is what you do. I'm with you. I, like I said, I don't think Sark's desperate for the dub. Yeah, good point. Uh, and another thing, I, just, I think he's looking for the future. He's looking mm-hmm. toward the future. Mm-hmm. Recruiting is big in his world right now, like making sure I stack those classes with Arch Manning and the crew and Quinn Ewers' development for the future mm-hmm. because he truly believes that the future of Texas football rests on the arm of Quinn Ewers. Yep. Maybe he's right. Maybe. That's why he was hired. That's why he's paid the big bucks. That's why he is paid but the big bucks. I'm, with you. I'm trying to get that dub. All I'm trying to do is win, I will win, get that win, win no matter what. We'll worry about the future. We'll get what everybody's in feelings the future. later on. Yeah, That's right. Man, let's get that, let's dub, get that dub right man. now. Okay. Yes. So I just think he's, he's concerned about the future of Texas football, and that's what he was hired for. But he's also hired to win games right now. And yeah. I wonder... You know, if if you're not trying to win the game right t- at all costs, trying to win the game right. right now, then you know I wonder if guys in the locker room feel that. Um, and right. you can't truly say you're building a meritocracy when y- you are allowing players who are not producing to continue to play. That's a hard. That's a that's a hard argument to make. That hey guys, we're building a meritocracy around this culture is about productivity. Yep. It's about producing on the field, yep. and then someone who doesn't produce on the field, and then you still allow them to play. Just so you know, right. it's hard to build a culture that way. Yeah, and that, that's, that's why Matt right. Brown bench Vince Young. So everybody knew. Right. right, bench Chris Sims. Right, Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl winning dad, all that. Nope, you got bench. Maybe yeah. you got bench too. That's why they get bench because it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a lesson. And if you're it's about an competition, it's an you example go out to there. everybody yep. on the team, and it's for the culture. And the culture is, hey man, production is what matters. We're a meritocracy. Yep. we love each other, but we're a meritocracy. The best players play. Productivity matters. Yeah.
Not right now, if not for Texas, though. Yeah, I mean, that it, it doesn't. I, you can't say it does and then with the moves that you've made recently. And I'm fine with that because we trust in Steven. Yes. And we st- trust in Steven's vision. But, hey, I can still question the vision. We can always question, the, question vision. the vision. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into the uh, Monday night football game last night when you had the Philadelphia Eagles, actually the last undefeated team in the NFL, take their first L. We'll get into that. Other NFL news, notes, and nuggets. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9. Hey. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Mm-hmm. I like the All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. I'll admit, top of the charts Tuesday, I have a special dislike for this song. Come on. I just never, it, it kind of reminds me of that Montel Jordan song, This Is How We Do It. Oh, this is your This Is How We Do It I, moment. Because I, I hate that song, too. I know you hate that and song. This song, it's it's not quite as hateable as that song is. Or Down the oh, Lord. It's <laughs> such a terrible song. And people love Shout it. Shout again. Down good Lord. I, I hate songs. I think, I think you just hate these songs that that is just oh. candy for drunk white people. <laughs> you hate that song. You have been to, you have been to too many bars and seen too many goofy white no, people no, dancing no, no, no. to this. First of all, uh, I, you know what? I'm going to dispute that. You want to know why? Because I love drunk white people. Specifically of the, specifically of the female variety. So, I love that, by the way. But that's a, that's a great line. Though. It is a good line. Because it, it's so true, though. White people love this. And oh, this, this is how starts. we do it. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, they, they squirt no, over there. Yeah, right. They're trying to do the electric slide to it. <laughs> I don't know man. why I dislike it, but I do. I don't like I, it. It's that. And like then it. if you ever want to watch oh, man. a bunch of 30 and 40 year old women drunk, get up and start dancing. I'm cool with that. Put on Pony by Genuine. Oh, and the entire, yeah. every one yeah. of the, <laughs> the yeah. funniest yeah. moments to yeah. do at a club in Austin no, when everybody's right. drunk. I, some, a band did it on St. Patrick's yeah. Day. <laughs> And all these drunk people, yeah. they, like wearing green outfits and oh, these yeah. dumb leopard, it just hammered, jumping on tables and stuff, and dancing nasty. Yeah, to genuine because it's genuine. After they, put the, nasty. after they put their cigarette out from coming out back inside, <laughs> they come running back inside. You know what, man? You picked the perfect song, Patrick. You're right. <laughs> I think I've seen women react to, to uh, genuine my my pony. Right? Yep, it? Oh yep. man, I can I can see it too. They get nasty. He said I can. See I can see. It. No, I'm for it. I love it. But you're right. It'll make old. <laughs> it'll make old mature women act oh, very very immature and irresponsible. And I'm all for it. Uh, okay, let's get uh, let's get back to some NFL topics here. NFL news, notes, and nuggets. All right, we were talking about the Monday night football game. Uh, Washington beating uh, Philadelphia, 32 to 21. Uh, it's actually the first time all season long the Eagles trailed at halftime um, and that was pretty much it because we talked about it the Eagles are a mm, above average first quarter team yep. they are arguably the greatest second quarter team in the history of the NFL I'm not I'm, that's not hyperbole they really are no nope. <laughs> um, and they're they're a mediocre to an average second half team right and it came back to hunt them in this game harsh they were outscored in the second quarter by 13 points and Washington ran the ball they ran the rock 49 times, only got 152 yards, but it allowed them to control the game and control the clock. Kept running it, kept running it, stayed with their game plan, 
And can we give a little love to Taylor Heineke? Hey. He's been out there. He juice. brings energy to Man. that field. He brings juice. Those though. guys love him on that team. You know why? Because they're winning. Exactly. When you win, everybody loves you. When mm-hmm. you don't, you got to answer to everyone else. And the way that they played yesterday, the effort that they put forth, the the timely uh, interception. You're right. Early. They, and A.J. Brown went out, by the way. A.J. Brown got hurt. He was on a cut. And then after that, I didn't see him again. Yeah, you're right. He, didn't, he wasn't a, a factor in the game. So then he lost his big play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So they turned the ball over on the interception. Then they also had three fumbles that they lost. So you turn it over. And the Washington Commanders had the ball for 40 minutes, over 40, 40 minutes. minutes. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes. The mm-hmm. game is 60, people. Yeah. <laughs> he, they had it yeah. for the majority of the game. Pretty much. Yeah, that's, that, that's probably the biggest, most glaring stat. Washington had a 17-minute, 38-time-of-possession margin advantage at halftime. That was their highest First half time of possession margin in franchise history. So to Harge's point, that was probably the most glaring stat in the game. And the turnovers, man, it was a beautiful throw by Jalen Hurts on that post route. Oh, it was. Um, and he fumbles it. Yep. Like on that on that post route, he fumbled. He, he, he fell down, got Wes himself, Watkins, Chaz, yep, yeah, and got up. And then the fumble right after that was just oh, that was brutal. Yeah. And then of course the early fumble, which was uh, should have been a face mask, yep. but it wasn't called. And then they end up fumbling. They reviewed it, saw the face mask, but hey, man, you can't throw a flag on a review play. So yeah. uh, they ended up getting that fumble recovery too. So Washington forced turnovers and controlling the clock. Really, Philly. Didn't have a chance no. to really come back in this game because nope. they only had the ball for 19 minutes. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> one of those things that you're like shaking your head and saying, that is the first time I watched a game where someone, a team was dominated in the time of possession to that number. Yeah, 40 minutes. That's And you, you don't see that in the NFL. You see Ever. that in high school. Yes. You may see that in college every now the and then. The wing team running yeah. offense. That's wild, man. Yeah. Uh, so the Eagles no longer undefeated. That's good news, I guess, for the Cowboys because the Eagles did show a vulnerability, um, and they have problems stopping the run, especially with Jordan Davis out. Jordan Davis, uh, their interior D lineman, who has been spectacular for them this year, when he was in the game, I mean, he's been on IR for the last two weeks, but prior to that, they were only allowing 4.3 yards per rush when he was in the game. Without him, that number rises to 6.1. Mm-hmm. So in the last few weeks, they've allowed uh, 124 yards rushing to Arizona, 134 yards rushing to Dallas, 144 to Pitt- Pittsburgh, 168 to the Texans, and uh, 152 to Washington. So at least you know how to beat the Eagles. Yep. Run the rock. Uh, yeah, they and especially like the Dallas Cowboys. If, you, if you're playing the Eagles now in the second quarter, like going in that first quarter into the second quarter, just don't pass one time. Just, uh, just be like, hey man, second. all we gotta do is get to second. We can throw in the second half because yeah. they're not as good in the second half. That's a great. But point. we just need to get through this period where we give them, if we give them three minutes, worst they can do is a touchdown on us. No, you're right about that. that's exactly what happened. They didn't even have the ball really for the first uh, half, really at all. Right? It was, they they dominated, all. yeah, yeah, for like 12 minutes, I guess, or whatever. It was. I mean, you sit there and you're like, wait a minute, have we? Do we need to stretch again? <laughs> yeah. Do we need to go through calisthenics And then again when they did get the ball, they turned it they over. They turned it right back times. over. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so Philly no longer undefeated. Washington gets a big win. And Taylor Heineke now 3-1. 
since he became the starting quarterback. And remember, that one loss was to Minnesota, I believe, by a field goal. Yeah, they were in the game the entire time. Man, and so you better watch out yeah, for Heineke. He's trying to make it happen. Yep. That's Zay's boy. That's that Zay. <laughs> Zay, Zay loves us some Taylor Zay Heineke. Zay some Heineke, man. He yeah. does bring that juice. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We're going to wrap it up, put it in the discussion, and uh, put it in the oven and let you know what's on tap for us right here on Ball Don't Lie. Pop a top again. you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... All right, welcome back to Bottle Light right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to uh, wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we got to let you know what's on tap. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. All right, Harge, what's on tap for you, brother? I'm going to go home and watch the uh, basketball games tonight. There's a bunch of basketball that's happening now. College mm-hmm. basketball has started, and I'm going to get in on this action. Oh, and Maxion. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yes. Uh, Duke Kansas game tonight is big game. Big game. Uh, Duke Kansas. Okay. He's playing tonight uh, at eight thirty. Spurs sexy. also play at uh, nine. So if you want to watch the Spurs, probably get whooped again. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> but y'all are trying to tank for. We what? are trying to tank. I'm fine with it. Winless it's, for one Wambing- yeah, Wambinyama. Yeah, winless for Wambinyama. But yeah. I, I mean. You'd like him to be competitive. You don't oh. like to lose by 35. You sound, like a, last you sound night. like a Texans fan. <laughs> or, an, or an ex-Texans fan, I should say. Uh, all right. Under the lights. Coming up next. Don't go anywhere. we got a great program planned for you. Uh, they got Coach Zimmerman from Dripping Springs joining the crew. Uh, Coach Walker from That's Liberty right. Hill also joining him. So great uh, show coming up for Under the Lights. You don't want to go anywhere. Remember, Under the, lights. the revolution with Ivy Teller. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each, take care of each other. Have a great night. Peace.